1: Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Sun Sunrento, Michael Cotton. Sunrento, Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of all Michael. Sunrento Cotton. Sunrento and the love of Michael Cotton. Sunrento.
2: Sunranto, hey! It's a Cubs podcast, and uh, we're not all here. The Sunranto show is normally comprised of me, Danny Rocket, and uh, Michael Cotton, because he's the one that's not here. But Crawley's here, and uh, I guess I'll, I, I'll play your theme song. Why not? For old times' sake.
1: <laughs> so,
2: hi, 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 Crawley.
3: What's going on? How are you? Hmm.
2: You know. It's good, like, it's been, like, six weeks now, and this is maybe, like, the first time in the history of this show that I've ever, like, not written down what I wanted to say, at least notes to, like, have some sort of, like, theme and move us through a script, and I was like, you know, there's so much fucking noise out there right now, and, I mean, this is some of it, but I don't know, I just thought we'd go scriptless and just, like, check in with each other. Michael Cotton is moving across the country as we speak. And um, so he can't join us. And I'd love to catch catch up with him, too. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, just crazy times. And I'm maybe feeling a little crazy right now. Like, tried to stay busy. Tried to, like, keep positive. Um. You know, yesterday I kind I kind of lost it a little bit. Maybe like I had I. Of course, I always lose it publicly. I
3: fucking put a was was that you walking around Wrigley Field, kind of going on a rant? Yeah, I mean, well, I wasn't
2: going. I didn't go down there to go on a rant. I went down there to check to see if the Rickets were truly like using that. Uh, you, you know, Wrigley as a staging area, and you know, remember that those cartons of bananas out of pallet that were in the Tribune article where they did the, uh, the social distancing masked um, uh, unveil and made that announcement. Yeah. 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 yeah it was Well, I think that pallet of bananas just still sitting there. I, I think it's empty <laughs> boxes actually. Like, But it's just like, I didn't see anybody around. They got some um, storage bins, but I, I went, I went down. There was no activity though. Sunday though. So I don't know. People, I guess don't eat on Sunday. Um, anyway, I went down there to check that out and also to get out cause I have not left my house in, I don't know, about a week up at that point. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was kind of a nice day. Um, people were like, you know, runners, they just weren't giving a crap where they were running. They a runner right at you. It didn't even move over you know like they weren't even paying attention so i go on this big twitter rant and like got a bunch of views and likes and it i don't know it made me feel terrible <laughs> just you know
3: you know it's you know it, we're we're in this weird time period where you know we always joke around about the uh uh k's going to k's and getting bombed at spring training and it kind of feels like that, like one of those, like you wake up and you had too much to drink and you're trying to kind of reorient yourself. You know what I mean? Like, like so that morning I woke up. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened? What hit me? You know, where am I? You know, kind of just trying to get my bearings straight. Why is my nose broken? <laughs> why is my nose broken? I'll tell you why. <laughs> But but when you come to it, it's like th- w- something is off in all our lives right now, and that's no baseball. And, and it's it's like we're in like this confusing limbo of well, it's still kind of cold and still kind of miserable, but the nicer it gets, and 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 there's going to be no baseball. It's going to be even just harder and harder. And, and again, you sit around your house long enough. There's only so many shows you can binge. There's only so many. Things you can do. I, I mean, mean, we really kind of need that human interaction piece. And and for you know a lot of people, you and me included, it, the Cubs are a big
4: part of that.
2: Yeah. And it feels so much, especially in the climate that we live in here in Chicago, because the seasons, we have seasons, kind of. I mean, they've gone away over the years, like spring and fall is just like, fuck you. I don't exist anymore <laughs> We you get winter and summer. But I mean- But we do have seasons here, and I feel like baseball is always a symbol of, like, the spring and rebirth and, you know, and then the the fall when it ends, you know, then you hunker down for the winter. It's just so cyclical within our lives that it it just definitely – you feel that gaping hole in your soul. And I've been trying to fill it with everything. Like, I watch the Chinese baseball, even though it's at 5.30 in the morning or 4 on the weekends – and it's just like, it's just, you know, I don't really care about the players. And, you know, I don't know. It's fun, kind of, but it's not enough.
3: Right. It, what I tell people is that living in this area, we've made a bargain, a devil's bargain, so to speak, that – you know we we live through a miserable winter and we don't get one winter we get like three different winters it's like winter 1 and then all of a sudden you get like one nice 50 degree day and then winter <laughs> 2 which is just all like my brother he moved to colorado and if you go to colorado it's like beautiful blue skies even if it's snowing or whatever you know it's just like you get like sunshine and blue skies we get none of that
2: we get gray low skies low clouds just dark <laughs>
3: yeah. right you wake up in the morning and i go to work and it's dark i drive home and it's dark it's, and, and the air is so cold it hurts your face. That's where we live. We live in a place where the air is so cold that it hurts our face. But the other end of that bargain, that devil's bargain that we make living here is that when that springtime comes and when baseball gets started and when it's summertime in Wrigleyville, there's no place you'd rather be. It's the greatest So we had our end of the bargain, man. We did our end of the bargain where we sat through another shitty winter with like ice and sleet and, you know, salt trucks and all that shit. And now the reward is supposed to come and it's not here.
2: Yeah. Ian Hap said it on his podcast that uh, Chicago is the best summer city on the planet. So, I mean, I totally agree because, you know, we explode onto Wrigleyville, you know, and you know, even the April games like a good. You get like a good, even fifty-five degree, crisp, you know, springtime day, and in, in mid to late April, and you know, you, you'll still see tons of fans out there and at the bars, and it's just like the ritual that's missing. So it's like it's made me consider like where baseball fits in my life in general. And you know, we were talking to Mike Bryant a couple of weeks ago and somebody i forget who it was that asked but said what should kids be doing right now to work on their skills cuz you know he's a hitting coach and he said learning the history of the game and i was like you know give them a foundation for their team for their fandom let you know and i i think that that's kind of a very specific answer to something that i've zoomed out on which is what I'm kind of wishing for myself, or what I think what feels best, is kind of a moment of reflection. Now, here I am recording a podcast for no reason. <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of talking about the Cubs, kind of talking about baseball. But, uh, you know, I'm adding to that noise. But at the same time, the the way in which I want to add to the noise has changed right now. I mean when i when i think about like where baseball fits in my life and like my dad bringing me in 83 to watch chuck Rainey lose a no hitter or when i think about you know even recent times sitting in the stands with my mother um i know you go to a lot of games with your dad you know th- just the people i'm feeling and also all the people i've met through doing this podcast over the years you know how that filled me up from a very empty place in my life and right. how i kind of had a a nose for it. You know, I mean, baseball had been part of my life watching it in New York and I'd followed like followed a little, you know, a lot closer, like 2007, eight, you know, kind of getting really back into it. Five, six, like somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it just replaced a, a certain thing that had been missing for decades in my own life. And I know you, you've been consistent. You've been at Wrigley every year. <laughs> so, I mean, so can you imagine can you imagine like 10 years you're in a coma and you didn't see the cubs you know I mean can you imagine like a a a chunk out of your life gone
3: No the longest I went is I had like a two or three year per- two two year period where I was at college like the back end of my college career where I was basically just staying down in uh good old Charleston Illinois for you know I didn't come home at all maybe like for Christmas that was about it other than that so that was and even then I still watched baseball, but I just wasn't in the in the atmosphere. So that was probably the longest stretch I'd gone without going to a game.
2: Yeah. And we've seen some tough stretches of Cubs baseball in our time. And in, in fact, like 2012, it's when I moved back to Chicago, you know, with my tail between my legs and I was like, Hey, the Cubs fucking suck. So do I. <laughs> like, let's do this together and rebuild. And then to like build it up to where it got, which was that crazy twenty sixteen year, and then to kind of ride it ride the hill down with y'all too (laughs) from that has been interesting. So
3: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird roller coaster that, you know, I've been on, you know, where where there's been times where the season was over and by May first, you know what I mean? You're like, all right, fuck it, it's done. But you still still have fun.
2: Yeah, you still have fun out there. I mean it was I mean you were season ticket so you were still playing full price but that was even a hell of a <laughs> lot less back then. But I I went to a game for 75 cents. Like I think it was the second to last game of 2012. I was looking for a place to live cuz I moved here in November so I could start out with the bad winner. I, th- I thought that'd be a good introduction
3: and that was Get the- toughen you up a little bit.
2: <clears throat> well, and it's funny one of the I mean I wasn't going to necessarily move to Chicago Nicole and I had reconnected with each other and um it, it, through lyle which by the way happy birthday lyle it's his birthday
3: happy birthday lyle,
2: lyle laker and also chris Soloto. it's his birthday too
3: happy birthday chris
2: so um anyway i came i we we linked up i was at wrigley field i know a lot of people have already heard this story but i was at uh wrigley field with lyle we were watching some godforsaken 2012 game and uh We had had a wild weekend. Johnny Onomatopoeia, who you know, has been on the show. He's our Nationals fan friend. Um, He was in town with Conan O'Brien, who he works for. And um, I came in. We had just, we partied all weekend. I was in the middle of a a divorce, right? But not divorced yet. Partied all weekend. I got so drunk at Wrigley Field that I threw up. And uh, then I sobered up in the stands. Last three innings or something. And I was like, you know, started, you know, of course, then you, you ever throw up and then, you know, then you're like, I need a beer.
3: <laughs> yeah, you got to clean the taste. out. You got you to get back on the horse.
2: Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think Lyle goes, gets his hot dog, and <laughs> which is not what you should be doing. But um, anyway, we just had a, a wild, wild weekend. And the last thing that happened was Lyle said, and Nicole was an old friend of ours. We, we dated uh, over 20 years ago. It went back when I was 22, let's call Nicole, see what she's up to, wonder if she's around. And uh, she answered and she never answers the phone, but she's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'd like to I'd love to see that guy if he's, you know, good looking at all. Still, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll get late. And uh, so um, so anyway, we linked up that night again and I, it was great. And but I, I had a plane to catch back to New York the next day. And uh, anyway, we just we hung out online like we our relationship was basically built online with me in New York. And then right away, because I was watching the Cubs a bunch and um, traveling around the East Coast to go see them, we started going on trips together to go watch the Cubs. And that's kind of how our relationship reformed after so many years was uh, like I remember I picked her up in Baltimore and then we uh, drove at a little Volkswagen Beetle at Picked her up and we went to uh, the game uh, in DC. It was like only sixty bucks to get to Baltimore. I mean, so so like the, the Cubs have like played like a huge role in especially in my last decade, just personally. Not to mention like meeting you, Michael, reconnecting with Lyle, who I had lived with in my twenties. Like it's just like. So I'm like kind of taking Mike Bryant's words to heart in a different way is that like when I look at baseball history for me, it, you know, it's sure my family, like I said before, but it's, it, it, it's being written and it's like a kind of a, a moment for me to look back on it all and see how it, you know, I chose its importance. You know, right, do right. You f-
3: and I think a lot of people have their own individual ties or stories about what makes them a Cub fan and, 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 and what links them. And, you know, you, everyone has that one team that hooked them in that one player that hooked them in. And then all of a sudden it just kind of you know, became woven into the fabric of their lives. And I think that you know, for a lot of us that, that the Cubs are a big part of their lives. Like, you know, it's funny because uh, like a lot of people, I actually, I've sat my kids down to watch the last dance documentary on uh, ESPN on the Chicago's 90s, Chicago Bulls, you know, and my kids are like looking at me like, dad, we didn't know you ever watched basketball. And I'm like, yeah, back in the nineties, I did, you know, in in the Jordan era, but yeah, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, you think about these things about like your past and, you know, sometimes time just kind of flies really quick. It's, it's, it's weird when like, you know, they show like these classic games now on marquee and I'm like, I went to a classic, you know, like an old, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, just wait till you hear what they call classic rock.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I sit there sometimes, it's and it's like, you know, I just forget. Sometimes I forget, you know, and people be like, you know, how old are you da, da da I forget I'm getting up there a little bit in age I mean I'm not old and I'm not young you know but uh, it's uh it's been like one like long trip that's just kind of m- melded within my life and so it's kind of a weird thing to think that like being at game 6 the Bartman game in 2003 was a while ago <laughs> you're talking <laughs> 17 years ago
2: yeah yeah and
3: it doesn't it's to me it seems like 5
2: and that's the other thing is baseball's just such a way to mark time, you know, not only for the seasons, but for the years. And, you know, you might, you know, misplace a year here or there. Like you remember 2003 though, because that was big, you know, talk about watching a John Lieber game in 2001. Like you might've forgotten one of those or something, you know, but it's um, yeah, it's, I don't know. And then you got Wrigley field too, you know, and, that's the thing is I, I've been to most of the ballparks at this point. And there's just, you know, Eddie Vedder sings it. You know, there's nothing like it. Um, everybody knows that, that loves it. Even people that aren't Cubs fans come to Wrigley Field and know it's the best. I mean, it's not only is it old, but it was just built so perfectly. And, you know, that's what drew me to go down there on Sunday cuz it is, you know, my favorite place. It's like why I moved back and moved right by Wrigley cuz I always dreamed of that as a little kid. And I'm like, well, just do the things you dreamed of as a kid for a while. And but when you go down there and just kind of see it fallow in this moment with some uh you know, em- empty cartons of banana boxes, it's just <laughs> in this time, I mean, The thing that, you know, it's weird because the thing that makes me happy is now a symbol of something that makes me sad. I don't even know if I can or and when I get sad, here's the problem with me. I mean, I've got the name of the show is Sunranto, So reason I I, I'm I'm a sad person. I'm a negative, (laughs) cynical person. But when I get sad, I don't waste my time with that bullshit because it's pathetic and it, my sadness turns to anger in like two seconds, and and you know, and so now I'm just down by Wrigley being angry, and I'm like, I can't come down here anymore because I'm gonna have these memories of. Yeah, I, I have so many other great memories. Like I do not want to taint them. And I knew I know you came down, yeah, a couple of weeks ago because you were feeling drawn,
3: and you know. Yeah, it, it, see, boy, you know, it's for tough. me, every, every time, like, you know, you, you know, and I'm, and I'm 40 minutes away, you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I can't, it's not a simple walk for me to kind of get over there. But there's just times where I just feel like I got to go there. And there's no explanation. There's no rhyme or reason. I just have to go there. And so, you know, yeah, I was there just walking around. And, and, you, you know, it, it's, it's funny, because I've, I've been going to Wrigley for 40 plus years, you know, and, Even after all that time when I when I I usually kind of park kind of more towards Irving Park and Sheridan, right around that area over there. And whenever I kind of just start walking down the street and all of a sudden I start to see it like it's like I, I like, you know, I just start like just like my mood completely changes. It's very therapeutic for me to go there and all of a sudden start walking around. And then, you know, it's funny because I'll just have this huge grin on my face as I'm just like walk. I just love walking around Wrigley and seeing my, you know, you know, you're around long enough, you meet the people around there and that's the funny thing. And, and, you know, whether it's the guys at the firehouse or whatever your favorite pub is or the ushers or, you know, the vendors, whoever it is, they are very family-like and it's, You know, it's that's and that's what I love about Wrigley so much. And that's what helps kind of sustain you over the shit years. You know what I mean? Like, God, almost the whole decade of the 90s was crap except for 98, you know, and uh, at least had Wrigley. (laughs) The only thing that was able to really kind of sustain you was just the, the ballpark and the atmosphere and the friends you made along the way that that. You know, it's funny. I think about my one. of I have like two beer vendors that I go to my go to guys. One of them's name is Glenn and the other's Ira. And we've talked about it before. But, you know, I, I knew, like I said, I've known Glenn from my season tickets for 20 some years. And his little kid now sells beer in my section. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, holy shit, how long have I been here? I can't, you know, it's it's weird. Like, like
2: how about Rocco? Just, Rocco, it, it was that's a whole family well, operation too at Wrigley Field, right?
3: And a lot of guys like Rocco, and like I said, we can go down the list. It, it's they've been there, and, and they don't do it because they love, you know, because they're going to get wealthy. There's something about it that they love. It's a calling almost to to work at Wrigley, and even to work around Wrigley, like like just you know, you know what it's like to go to Nisei or G Man or just all these places that just are so unique.
2: I went when I went down there on Sunday. I had noticed that since the last time I had gone down there, those beautiful white trees right across from Harry Carey that uh, that that are on uh, Waveland,
3: Waveland and yeah. Sheffield.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right there on the corner, and then down that line all the way down to the firehouse, as you head to the left field corner, they had bloomed, and know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I hadn't been down there in maybe two weeks. And so in that time, and and I and I thought to myself of all the times of the last seven years when I would show up and notice that oh it's the buds, okay now we're there's buds on the trees okay they're gonna come, and then you know the Cubs would go on the road to Pittsburgh or something like that, and then you'd come back, and then the the blooms would be bit there, and you know I just was kind of flooded with memories. That what what annoyed me down there, and I won't get into it because I said a rant about it, was the whole like social distancing face masks thing because people do not give a fuck. And I, I'm feeling like just how the assholes ruined the lakefront and I can't go walk over there, even though I was just walking because people were playing basketball. Well, obviously, we're Wrigley Field is a draw, not only to me but to you but to a lot of motherfuckers. And some of those idiots don't give a fuck. Uh, you know, and so... Th- I don't know if I can go down there too much anymore because it doesn't seem as safe as maybe other places. But I will go down there from time to time, you know, just to take a look, maybe in the rain when nobody's (laughs) out there. I'm just going to go to Randy Wrigley and uh, pretend I'm watching a getaway day for an American League team that (laughs) that they need to get this one in, you know, kind of thing. But, it's it's
3: a it's a it's a hard moment right now because you know the weather for the most part has been crap. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when the weather starts getting nice again.
2: Well, I'll tell you what's happening Saturday because I did just I haven't given it I usually don't give a crap about the weather um because uh, you, you know, especially during a pandemic when you're stuck inside <laughs> anyway. But um no, I work at home, so I know I don't really have to plan for it, but uh on Saturday, it's going to be like 64 and sunny, maybe. You know how Chicago weather goes. But um, uh, we're having trouble finishing the Bleacher Bum band record. We re recorded the drums with the drummer in Serbia because he just has great gear. And, uh, you know, kind of wanted to do it. His All his shit got canceled. He was going to go on tour with his much more famous band than the Bleacher Bum band called the Party Breakers, which is famous in Serbia anyway. That got canceled. <coughs> Sorry. I have a little cough, actually. It's kind of disconcerting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, like, breathing heavy. I'm like, oh, man, I'm short of breath. Like, no, the, here's part of the, my also problem is that I've been chain-smoking cigarettes like an asshole and ruining um, everything. So, but anyway, back to the Bleacher Bump Band story. So, Saturday, it's going to be nice. We can't – we got to record the bass again. Some of the tracks didn't come out like we wanted. So, <laughs> we've been trying – I've been doing tech support all weekend. Nothing got done nothing works we can't get anything working on my old computer and Jeff's old gear and all this shit I won't bore you with that but the solution is going to be we're going to do a social socially distanced uh recording session which Algen the bass player is going to come over sit on my porch and I'm going to feed the guitar uh cable through the window and then I'm just going to record him from my kitchen so that look for footage of that so yeah we are in weird ass times um
3: I was laughing the other day. They did uh, – I, I someone kind of showed me uh, Post Malone uh, did a whole concert raising money, I think, for the WHO. Uh, but it was a Nirvana concert and uh,
2: – Yeah, oldies. Tra- oldies. Right, <laughs> real
3: old Nirvana. And, and Travis Barker was on drums and all this stuff, but they were not in the same room while they were playing it all.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can figure that out if you got the space. I mean, that's how it's going to have to be this time. I mean – I don't even want that dirty motherfucker in my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, He's like, I've been quarantined for 45 days. I'm like, all shit, I know you. You're a restless motherfucker. I know you've been going places. In fact, I know you went to our rehearsal space and picked up my guitar. So anyway.
3: Maybe maybe have him go to Bleacher Jeff's and then just drop the cord from there.
2: Yeah, I know. We're going to have to... We, we can... And I did think about that as doing um, like a rooftop socially distanced concert. We're working on... Well, Nicole's working on it. There's something really cool for Trapdoor Theater because uh, you know, we're a forty seat theater. Like, I don't know how comfortable people are gonna be sitting in there, and if you do a six foot thing, we're not a forty seat theater anymore, we're a six seat theater. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, you've been in there, Crawley. Like, yep, yep. I I mean, how many people I mean, the actors alone, you can't can't even get it done with the so the six feet. Um, anyway, we're working on a, a big theater piece, like with uh, Greek myth, um, like archetypes of myth. You know, it, you know all the famous old ones, Zeus and, um, Cronos, and you know. I was reading some book, all based on this children's book. Um, anyway, it's going to be really cool. But I was like, how can I do a socially distanced concert? And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe I talked to all my neighbors, and everybody could come to my alley. Bleacher Jeff already lives downstairs, so we got two of the balconies. I don't know. In-ear monitors might cost me a couple of grand to pull it off, but, <laughs> you
3: know. It'd be interesting. It'd be fun. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you and I have talked before. John Vincent's done a couple uh things uh, where he's, you know, John's got such a big heart. Um you know, he's been doing this for a couple of different organizations, but he was outside of an old people's home. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. imagine how scary that's got to be for them, oh, yeah. you know, kind of trapped in there. But, you know, just, they had a couple, like you said, a couple of big monitors out there, you know, and, and they were just playing the music and it was kind of really cool to see. And and a lot of times for me is sometimes uh, the music is kind of what kind of uplifts your spirit. That's kind of, for me, taken uh you know tried to kind of fill some of that void that the cub not having cubs games on and not having you know box scores and lineups and all sorts of things to look at it is kind of occupied some of my time
2: well the cool thing about John Fitz i mean talk about family again you know you go with him you go with mesmer you know all the dudes you know even this you know i was listening to ian Happ's podcast today um he's on there with Dakota Meckis uh Zach Short and um uh who's the other guy? Zach Short sport, Mac is, and Oh, oh Horner, Horner, Nico Horner. Nico. So um anyway, where where was I going with this?
3: About how you know, with Vincent and uh Mesmer and kind of the family type vibe.
2: Ah, god damn it. I fucking lost my train of thought. I apologize. But, but
3: they've been doing the podcast you were going towards. The yeah, podcasting.
2: yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> no, well, I'll, I'll, maybe it'll come to me, but I will talk about that podcast for a second. Is that, um, oh, here's what I was going to say Cubs family. Um, you know how much that I fucking hate Jeff Garland? Yes. Yeah. So, like, he is like to me, you're Al Mora. Um, you know, Jeff Garland went on the, on, on the uh, compound. And I didn't, you know, for the most part, you know, I still was like, oh, listen to him spitting with his own fucking microphone. <laughs> you know, just like big old sloppy motherfucking fat motherfucker. Anyway, um, but he said something that made me really respect him is that, you know, well, two things. First of all, his favorite um, Cubs moment, and and they wouldn't let him, you know, cheat out on like oh, World Series game seven. But uh, it was like 1987 or 89, or something like that. Andre Dawson hit a home run on the last game of the year, and Harry Carey called it.
3: I think that was 87. Okay. It was his MVP season.
2: That's what I thought he said, but I didn't write it down. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. which one of my favorite games, also from 87, a 16 inning game I was at with my friend Jarrett Gable, who I've reconnected with. Now I'm getting off on a tangent, but, um, 16-inning game. Stayed for the whole thing. I was, what, 13 years old? Um, Jarrett got a ball. Anyway, it was the greatest day of our of our lives. Cubs won. They beat the Braves. Um, so uh, anyway, so I respected Jeff for having that as a great memory. It made me know that, you know, he appreciates the little things as a Cub fan. The other thing that made me appreciate Jeff was that um, he said he's not talking to anybody right now. Says he talks to some of his friends. And he's really annoyed at all the celebrities like putting on shows, and he was, you know, right now and like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, because you know celebrities can't get enough of it. You know, baseball is trying to happen; they they want to get back out there. Stephen Colbert's still trying to do a show. Like, it's hard. It's made everybody's life way more difficult. Whatever your job is, I know, Carly, you're you're in a new whole situation trying to do what you do. Uh, But doing it uh, online, me, uh, my life's kind of the same, except for I get paid less. Um, But, you know, if Jeff was like, listen, nobody needs to fucking hear from me right now. There's a lot of important shit going on. And nobody needs fucking Jeff Garland doing improv Olympics in their face. (laughs) And I was like, you know what, Jeff, you might be all right. So can you imagine that it would take a pandemic for me to like jeff garland i mean i've openly booed this man at wrigley to his face
3: here's the thing about garland you know i've met him he, he you know he actually was really nice about it and uh the thing about garland though is is you know it's it's funny to hear you say that because he almost is almost like too much in your face like normally it's why i hate him So it's when you watch Eddie Vedder, when Eddie Vedder comes in or comes to the booth and they got him in, whether it's with Pat and Ron in the sixth inning or whether it's uh, with Len and JD in the seventh inning. Like, it's funny because he's like watching the game. He's not really talking as much as kind of following the action. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when it's like Garland, like it's like you can't even like think for a second. You
1: know,
3: know, where where it's like.
1: It's relentless.
3: Eddie almost is like when Eddie Vedder's in the booth, it's funny because he's almost like a radio guy in that he knows when to speak and then when to pause because Pat's going to say, you know, uh, Albert Pujols called out on strikes or something like he knows like kind of like the starts and stops of when to start or stop or pause a conversation.
2: He's a musician.
3: Right. And he's, but he's watching the game too. It's like he's, he, he, you know, he doesn't really care about talking about himself or his latest project or, or whatever this is. He's just like he just likes being up there and watching the game, and that's it, you know and 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 that's what I've always kind of respected about Eddie, you know and, and the opposite of what I dislike that's what's what I dislike about when Garland comes on the game is is just too much
2: oh you, you can't under, you, you have no idea what's going on in the game, and I'm always i don't I don't even care who's up the it's a bat, I don't care if it's the cubs or whoever they're they're playing, but I'm like, please let this go one, two, three. Like, I want a fucking three pitch inning, like a immaculate boo, boo, boom, you know?
3: And, and you know, I love Pat and Ron and I love Lennon JD and I used to love Joe Madden when he was there, but everybody like fawned over him. I was like, please, mm-hmm. really? Like, come on. He, like, it, it's not like this is fucking Lenny Bruce or something. He's, you know, he's okay. You well, know, he has his funny moments on curb, but it's not like. Like, he's the greatest, most hilarious thing to ever come up into the booth.
2: Well, I don't even watch that show. I mean, but that's all Larry David anyway. I mean, Jeff Garland just, like, basically, I mean, he played his cards right. I mean, he he fits a role. Like, I would cast Jeff Garland if I had the perfect role for a big, fat, annoying motherfucker who I hated. <laughs> you know what I
3: mean? Who screams a lot.
2: Who screams a lot and just gets in your face. I mean, part of it is, I. you know, how they always say you hate who you are and i i worried that i am kind of jeff no, garland. No, dude, trust
3: me. If you were Jeff Garland, Ooh. i wouldn't be talking to you right now. I I'd, I'd, I'd be like muting you. <laughs> <And> I'd be
2: <laughs> spitting in the blood uncle poggle pot. I mean, he just doesn't listen. And but neither do i. Like that's what we have in common. And, and um but you know, we had Dakota Meckis on that uh show with Evan and Evan Altman and John from Cubs Insider today. And um you know, I was I listened to the Jeff Garland episode and Mechas is on that show and I was like, I really I mean, I, I forget if it was Hap, or one of them said, Oh man, everything that comes out of that man's mouth is hilarious about Jeff Garland. And I really wanted to dig down on Mechas about that. I'm like, Do you really think <laughs> that But then Dakota was like, I loved his special, and I as the interview went on, he was like into the special and stuff, and I was like, Oh God. So I don't want to bring it up because that's just awkward being like, how could you like that fucking spittly motherfucker? <laughs> like, you know, like I don't want to like make it awkward for the guy at the interview. Right. But-
3: the other thing, too, is, is you can think that Jeff Garland's funny, but he's like I said, he's not Richard Pryor. I mean, like, let's not. Yes. Let's, let's not overdo George, this. A George Garland. He's a funny guy. Yeah, good. You know, do your thing. But. Every like I said, every time he's in the booth, every time he you know he used to come around and, and go in the dugout with Madden, and they would show that pregame. It would it would literally be like they were acting like they were around comic royalty.
2: I know. How does he get that? Uh, I mean, Bill Murray, yes, yes. Why should Garland and Murray be on the same plane? That should they shouldn't even be in the same sentence.
3: No, 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 no. They're not. They're not in the same solar system. Even it, you know, Bill Murray. Life, life, lifelong Cubs fan. Well, Did so you is ever, Garland.
2: Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to Garland. I mean, I, I, I do give him his fandom. You know what I mean? There's a,
3: gr- there's a great story though that God, I'm trying to remember where I, where I picked it up on, but uh, it might have been from Steve Stone's book, or I can't remember where I picked it up from, but it was a story about Bill Murray. And, the, and if you know Harry Carey plenty enough, he used to have these bits, you know, these little gags, these bits, these things that he used like to Like say do. the name
2: backwards kind of thing, or
3: right. Or, say your name backwards. The famous one with him and Steve Stone was the Stogie bit. Like he didn't give a shit at all about the Stogie, but he would always tell Stone to light the Stogie so he could make a big deal, like, oh, it stinks in here. You know, and he it was just a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I forgot and,
2: about that. That's uh, see? Baseball history. Thank you, Mike Bryant.
3: <laughs> so uh so Harry used to always have this bit where, where, you know, he met one time, he met Bill Murray's mother at the game, something like that. And and he'd always start out with this. Uh, oh, and Bill, how's your, how's your lovely mother? He'd always kind of, that would be part of the bit. Oh, she's fine. Harry, she's only three cocktails in her. They kind of riff off each other, you know? Uh-huh. And this one time that uh, Bill Murray's coming in, uh, his, his mom had passed away. Oh, no. And so everybody's kind of like, you know, Harry wasn't, you know, Harry was very similar to Santa where they just weren't doing like mass amount of prep before game. You know what I mean? Especially like in the later years for Harry. And, uh, you know, and so everybody's kind of going up. Judge
2: Serrat is writing down like dead mom in, like,
3: bright red letters. We, like, do Yeah, not ev- everybody's kind of coming up to him, you know, and kind of like, hey, Harry, just so <laughs> you know when Bill comes, his mother's passed away, da-da-da. Hey, Harry, and he's getting pissed off that everyone keeps repeating the same thing. I know, you already told me, da-da-da. Bill Murray gets into the booth, and, and, and instantaneously, he goes right into his bed. No. So, Bill, tell me about your mother.
2: Oh, <laughs> and, uh, God. Oh, God. So Bill what did Bill Murray say? Goes,
3: <laughs> Bill Murray goes... Well, Harry, she's dead, and before you ask, my dad's my dad's dead too. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Without missing
2: a beat, I mean, and and so dry too that humor. I mean, the problem with Jeff Garland is that he's kind of one of those people that you kind of have to constantly be in, like, ha, 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 right, Jeff, ha, and like keep him, you know, kind of satisfied with your humoring him laughter. Whereas Bill Murray's type of humor is one in which he will tell the joke and you won't really get the joke until like five days later. <laughs> you know, and, it's like...
3: And, and even then, it wasn't that funny. Yeah, I it mean,
2: was just deadpan, and but, but the perfect thing to say in the moment. And like, I don't know. I mean, we're blessed with him, although he hasn't been around lately.
3: The other one, though, that, that when we talk about uh, Bill Murray is that in 1987... Harry had a stroke. Oh yeah. And they had all sorts of guest announcers come in. So many guest announcers. But the most legendary is Bill Murray. And they were playing the Montreal Expos and Bill Murray is calling the game. And that should be in Cooperstown. And I and I hope that Marquis one day plays it. But we should
2: play it. We 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 should do that. We can find it. Because
3: that I'm telling you the pregame, the lineups, everything was absolutely hysterical. It was probably the funniest baseball game I'd ever seen in my life, and 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 just like you know he's when he's reading the lineup cards and he's making fun of the expos because they're French and just all this. It's just it was priceless stuff. If we could find that, that is one of the funniest three hours you ever saw.
2: Somebody's got to have that one. Being such a classic,
3: it 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 is an all time. It is so good. It, it is, and, and like you said, the whole thing's his dry humor, his deadpan throughout the entire thing. He brought Harry Carey's old net, uh, the net, you know for the foul balls. Yeah. He made a big joke about the. Uh, he made a you know he went into the fridge, Harry's quote fridge, and found a beer. Just classic stuff.
2: You know, it's funny about the nets. I I feel like you've seen the rules and regulations at Wrigley Field. It says no nets. And that if you look at the rules and regulations at other ballparks, they don't bother to mention nets. And the reason I think why is because at Wrigley Field, Harry Carey had a net. I think it was probably a problem in the 80s. And um, so now it's just they've got to put it in every rule. Well, there's the old timers who uh, will always bring a net.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, they have all sorts of crazy rules about what you can bring <laughs> and not bring in, But the one that shocked me when I came back from college, I was telling you I was gone for a couple of years, was the no brooms.
2: Oh, yeah. People and... have snuck them in, too. Like, I've I've known, I, I think it was Tim Shockley that snuck in a broom to the bleachers. I, there was some situation that I heard about in the bleachers last year of a snuck in broom.
3: I snuck in a broom one time, full of oh, broom. This was a few years back. It wasn't in the bleachers, it was in my seats. And I think it was against the pirates, if I want to if I'm thinking correctly. I think this
2: is the story. Yeah, go ahead.
3: <laughs> no, basically this is when they had the uh when it you when they used to have the car wash it was right by the players' parking lot. Right now it's the giant uh um Gallagher Way building right out there. But it was—it used to be just a little tiny car wash and the players parked right alongside of it. And I kind of went like just to the side of it. My buddy stuffed it down the back of my jeans and put my shirt over it. And I'm walking like I got a peg leg because, you know, my leg is completely straight. I can't move it because the broom's in there. And this, you know, <laughs> snuck into the game with this broom and, and I brought it out for the So you were got- pretending you were
2: uh,
3: crippled? Kind of. I was limping. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can't bend your
3: knee. I can't bend my knee. So I'm just limping around. So I think I got, sp- and this is before really like, you know, the craziness where they have like, you know, the metal uh, detectors, metal detectors yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. Pretty much all you had to do is just show your ticket. And they let you in. And I'm like, like, you know, maybe a quick bag check for 30 seconds, if that, and I'm dragging the leg in, you know, and get out. Yeah. Get all the way up there and, and had it like, I, I just put it, I laid it down in front of my feet you know waiting for it to, for them to sweep, which they did, and I was able to get the broom out and it was taken away but uh, oh, they were on it, it.
2: Oh, that was my next question like did you get to to wave it around or
3: like for like yeah, a couple of minutes for go cubs go i got to, I got to use it for go, like <laughs> it was worth three, it three quarters of go cubs go before it got taken away. And I was like, you know, the game's over. Can I just have my broom? Because <laughs> it really was like a broom. Like,
2: Yeah, yeah like uh, this is awkward, but uh, you just <laughs> took this from me. So <laughs> like uh, but, like I'm not going to stay here with it. Like can I just – it's a good broom. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> I'll pick up some peanuts on my way out or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll sweep it around a little bit. But, yeah, I brought it in. It's one of those weird things though, because a lot of times people think sweep and they bring a broom and you can't have that in there. Is there- so those are one of those weird things that people kind of, you know, you would just assume no big deal to bring a broom. But do you think no, no can do? Do
2: you think uh, we could sneak in a Swiffer duster and approximate it? You know, just like, <laughs> or or change it like uh, the sweep brought to you by Swiffer. And then right. uh, you could you could have Swiffer Day at the ballpark like, you know, it's a pandemic. So we should really be thinking outside the box at this point.
3: I, I don't know how good security is outside of the park anymore, but by the bleachers. But maybe you could just have someone javelin throw one in towards the ninth inning or something.
2: There you go. Um, You, you know, it's weird, too, because I was watching the Chinese uh, since we spoke last the Chinese professional baseball league. And they since were we,
3: since we spoke last. The Guardians have been on a losing streak and are now in last place.
2: Well, the Monkeys are are doing terribly, and I'm like, how can we not beat? Who 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 are we playing? We were playing the uh the not brothers? the brothers. No, you were playing the Brothers. Guardians <laughs> were playing with the Brothers, and yeah, I mean, you guys lost all weekend. I think I I don't think I checked the game Sunday. The, the Monkeys lost all weekend too to the. Not the dragons; they're minor league. There's another. The lions. The lions, and the, yeah, it's the lions. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, getting back to security lines and sneaking your broom in. Um, Wayne, who I interviewed for this show, um, who is the the basically the Joe Buck of World Baseball right now, the only person doing uh English language broadcasting anyway. Um, he, um, was explaining on the show the security that they have to go through to be ev- even to be able to play baseball. And, um, what he said was, uh, they have, uh, like an infrared kind of temperature sensor. Yes. They have to get their temperature cha- cha- uh, checked to even walk in the building and then all over the place, and they're doing this for not just the broadcasters, but, they, I mean, they have cheerleaders at these games. They have mascots mascots wearing masks, and they have all, all the players, of course. So that's what it would look like. And I, I saw, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, we've been trying to blow up the blogs here on this show, you know, saying, hey, go to their sites and click their shit, and you should still be doing that. But I mean, I feel like now even the big national writers are feeling this way. Like Jeff Passan coming out today, being like, "There will be baseball." Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you know, God love him, you know. But what what's that all about?
3: I don't know. It, it was a. It was another weird one too. If you heard Lori Lightfoot, who's Chicago's mayor, she says that she could see Chicago in the summer having baseball, what's the without point fans.
0: Of, what's the point of that?
3: Yeah, and pa- Passon's article is talking about some sort of like, like, a, like a Europe, like a soccer style tournament, even like not even like the best out of 162, or like even like out of best out of 50, even like basically just a round robin almost.
2: Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, except for like baseball, doesn't really work like that.
3: Right. That's that, that's the issue right now. Is is how you know it's. It seems like they're going to try to do everything, and, and what we don't know is what would happen if there is, say, a second wave. That's that is what we don't know.
2: Well, I mean, I've been listening to the you know the nineteen eighteen pandemic book that I think I suggested people yes. check out, our, and not only was there a second wave, but there was a third wave. And the part I listened to uh, just just this morning, actually, uh, was about San Francisco. I don't know if you know the pandemic nineteen eighteen story of San Francisco which was they locked down early, you know? I mean, I guess it was moving east to west. Like, the place that really got hit, Boston, because everyone was going to Europe to go to the war, you know? Right. So they were all heading east. Well, guess what? Like, this this one didn't really come from Asia, so it didn't hit the west coast until, like, last. In fact, it hit, like, Australia last. But San Francisco had thought they had gotten through it because there was a first wave. Then there was a second wave. So then San Francisco's like, we did it. We wore cloth masks. We social distance because they really did do that. They quarantined their city. You know, they didn't, you know, they didn't let people in and out and they kind of avoided it to a point. Well, two years in, and yes, I did say two years, you know, they let their guard down and in came the flu <laughs> and they got ravaged. That's before That's, vaccines and all that stuff. So we're living in a different world, but yeah, go ahead.
3: No, it, it's, it's definitely concerning. And, and, you know, I know that the, I think it was the LA mayor, the mayor of Los Angeles was talking about, he doesn't see any concerts or sporting events really till 2021. Yeah.
2: And if people don't do the right thing, like what I ranted about the other day down at Wrigley, which is like, wear your fucking masks to protect me because when I'm wearing a mask, I'm protecting me. And when uh, I'm protecting you, when I wear a mask, I'm protecting you. When you wear a mask, you're protecting me. If everybody were to wear masks in public, the transmission and just look it up like, you know, don't take my word for it, because I am certainly not a doctor anymore since that malpractice suit. So, um, but, you know, there is and you got to take it off right. Like, Sorry to get off on on another rant here. But you, you don't you love the excuse, the reason not to wear a mask is because you're going to take it off, wrong? <laughs> and you're like, then do it right, idiot.
3: Right. It, it's it, you know, there's so much going on right now, and so you know, you're looking at the guidelines and seeing that they're probably going to start, you know, opening like them. restaurants, restaurants with say maybe limited seating. Would and, you and go? Stuff like that.
2: Would you go and to now, a restaurant and sit in the corner as long as that other dudes over there?
3: I'm not ready to yet, no. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, People I, will I, do I'm,
2: it just to prove a point, but that's what I'm what I'm afraid of the second wave about, you know.
3: San right, Francisco for, for me, got the third it, wave. me, if you are lucky enough that you don't have to be out you know, I try to limit what I do and, and, and you know, this thing, you, there's just so many unknowns and that's what kind of makes people, I think, nervous is the unknown is that like, you know, lung problems, heart problems, all sorts of things. We don't know like the future, what's going to happen to the people that did have it and survived and maybe were on respirators but came back okay. We don't really know.
2: Hey, uh, so, so we're back on the show. Sorry, we got cut off in the mid, middle of sentence. My computer's been acting crazy because apparently it has coronavirus. And uh, I bought a new uh, dock for $30. 30- hey, uh, so uh, we're back. We got kicked off of uh, my computer's acting crazy. It's, it, it's been garbage lately. I keep getting kicked off of line. I, uh, and um, I don't know. My sound's gone nuts. Crawley thinks he's having acid flashbacks because he hears himself over and over again in a loop. And um, I don't know. I've been trying to fix this for a, uh, like a week now. but So we should probably wrap it up anyway at this point. Um, you know, this is I, just weird times for all of us. And I think what I basically want to say to everybody is that I appreciate you being in my life right now as, uh, you know, Cub fans, I, you know, especially... You know, Crawley, you know, I've known you for a while and um, you've been on the show for a short period of time and, you know, sort of replacing Lyle, but you don't, you just bring something new to the table and it what you bring to the table is great, especially for Cub fans, because like you're the, I, I, how are you not on a podcast already? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how did you not already have a podcast?
3: You know, I, I always just kind of like doing my own thing and it, it's, uh, you know, for people that don't know me, there is like another side to my life that's not Cubs where it's, you know, family guy, wife, kids do all that stuff. And so, you know, what people don't know is the amount of work Danny does and the, you know, to put all this together to actually make it sound good. And it takes, you know, a lot of work, a lot of prep work, you know, for me, all I got to do is just bring whatever Cubs inside I have and then just kind of start talking but I would never be able to do this without your, you know, technical know-how or expertise, you know, technical know-how we
2: got, we got kicked off the line like four times. I need a new computer. So
3: that's, that's, there's always going to be technical glitches, but like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I never thought about doing it. And then when you asked me, you know, I was on a couple of times talking about Cubs con and different things and expert, you know, back when Lyle was on the show and, uh, I've always enjoyed it. So it's fun to be around and, and I'm thankful for the opportunity and I'm thankful because, you know, being on the ranchers page and, and meeting so many of them over the years, whether it was cub caroling or whatever we were doing, uh, John Baker day. I, I, I had to, I had to, I had to text Danny at like eight in the morning because one of my bobblehead groups was having a big debate about John <laughs> Baker bobbleheads, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, well- you know, but it. It
2: was so funny because you sent me a picture of one, and you're like, did you make this? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, that's how much shit I do. You know, as far as, like, I'm like, I remember the first one because I have it. But you're like, is this the second one? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, I guess I made that.
3: Like, If you're a bobble nerd, there's there's distinguishable differences and that you kind of look at. And so I I, I, bu- I must have bought the second John Baker bobblehead and not the first John Baker bobblehead. And so... So there was one that somebody was asking why, why are there two different John Baker bobbleheads and there are different manufacturers. And we didn't know if somebody else tried to rip off the idea. Cause there's people that, you know, make customs or do their own things. And so we were trying to figure out what was going on. So, Oh, sure. You know, That's and, so
2: was- and as I said, I did not recognize that second one, but you must've bought it from me. The one you sent me a picture of was a John Baker day bobblehead. You bought from me, not somebody else.
3: Right. I bought it from you, and in fact, my wife remembered the story because she came with me to that one. That was when the Cubs were playing the Blue Jays. Yeah, 2017. That
2: the second, second one, yeah.
3: Yeah, and Mickey Montero was there. And, and, you know, talk about great people you just couldn't be without. My wife is one of them, and I was, like, probably drunk trying to open the bobblehead with Styrofoam and shit, and my wife, like, took it away from me like I'm a four-year-old. <laughs> so she, she distinctly had memories of that. So I know I bought it from you that day, but it was, I guess – uh It's from the bobblehead hall. So I was happy about that because those guys are good people. And uh, if you go to bobblehead, uh, bobblehead hall of fame, they have a best-selling Anthony Fauci bobblehead right now. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) They're they're great guys and they do great work and uh, they're enjoyable. So, but that's what I'm talking about. Just like, like all the people I've gotten to meet through the ranters. It's, it's a fun family and a fun community to be part of.
2: Uh, And amazing bobbleheads. I texted you. They never charged me. So I ended up giving an extra five hundred bucks to I I forget who we benefited that year. I forget. It, it must have been Cubs Charities, but I think we split it between somebody else, but I just don't recall. And um anyway, there was an extra five hundred bucks because they never charged me. And I'm like, okay. And I kept writing them emails, hey, amazing bobbleheads, I owe you five hundred bucks for these bobbleheads. And they just never got back to me. Like, I don't know if it ended up in junk or like I mean, I look at my junk sometimes. I, I mean, I don't know.
3: I gave the money <laughs> away. Then, buddy. I know I know you're a little lonely there, but.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I got to see if I'm going to get a million dollars from my Nigerian prince, you know. <laughs> so, no, I, I totally echo that sentiment. And, you know, we've all done a lot together over the years and kind of said it earlier in the podcast how much I appreciate everybody and. You know, we've, every little thing I ever ask people to do, all my stupid, crazy ideas, and I have a lot of them. I'm a stupid, crazy person. So, like, you know, and I just, I love getting people together. And, you know, to me, baseball's baseball. I miss it terribly. I miss talking about the game. But mostly, I I just kind of miss, you know, and I'm lucky enough to be able to talk to you right now, Crawley, but, you know, we would have had a couple of of events and game watches on the road, and
3: yeah, the uh, Club Four Hundred was supposed Club Four Hundred, a, yeah, a John Vincent event, and they were supposed to have a Sean Dunstan event. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and how much fun do we always have in those things? You know?
2: Yeah, and after and well, now we've got more material after watching Sean Dunstan in his <laughs> uh, hitting competition with uh, Tim Sheridan, and that was and there's another example,
3: the watch parties, yeah, yeah. just like
2: you know just my dumb idea. Hey, you guys want to watch Todd Rick throw away hot dogs together. And you guys are like, yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't, that makes me feel so much less alone, (laughs) you know, as in in a society, like we all have our people that we're close with that are your inner circle. But, you know, I feel like I've just got this giant family of friends and, you know, in a period like this, you know, I hope you guys feel that way too, that are all listening to this right now. Like, you know, that even though you might not have met each other, that, you know, you know somebody like John Vaskey and John Pickus or <laughs> like... Bill Shugas. Bill Shugas. Like, I mean, there's so many. I, I can't start naming names. Like, I kind of decided a while ago I wouldn't name names because then you got to name them all. But, like, um, there's so many people, you know, and you know who you are. And, um, you know, it just it makes getting through this moment a lot easier it it's made the building of this whole thing how we've all gotten together you know where i have where i'm coming from as an artist and uh you know kind of a, a crazy person is um you know i i moved to chicago with like my tail between my legs and a huge change for myself even though i'm from here 18 years in new york um a lot of success ended badly <laughs> And ended up in Chicago and I I put it together with people like you, Crawley and, and Michael, who's not here right now. I wish he was here. He would have I would have liked to check in with him too. Um but he's he's on right.
3: a, he's on a holy mission to build the church.
2: Yeah, seriously. I mean, and even something stupid like Cubs Church. I mean, I I could go on and on. i probably even forgotten a lot of shit that we've done that's goofy, but um, you know, we've raised a lot of money for people that need it. Nisei Lounge, G-Man, m- most recently, the Knoll family with John Baker Day, who was involved in a terrible car accident, um, domestic violence, Um, which, I mean, shit, we should do them again now because I feel bad for everybody that's in a bad situation in a quarantine. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, right now when we all need each other, you know, I, I need you guys too, and I feel like you're there. And that makes me feel good. And I just kind of want to you know, express that. But I do have a TFC, <laughs> unless you have something more to say about how much uh, you love everybody.
3: Uh, I'll kind of keep it short. But uh, one thing that the closest I would say that feeling to how I'm kind of feeling now is after 9-11. And uh, there was no baseball for a little while after September eleven. Like
2: three days.
3: Three days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it stopped the season. But it was a horrific event, you know what I mean? It was it was kind of a shocking event, a very scary event, and I couldn't even imagine what it was like in New York. Uh but even even pretty around, shitty, yeah. Awesome. Around here, just like you just felt awful inside. And then that first baseball game back, Sammy Sosa comes out to right field with an American flag. Mm-hmm. And then the very first inning, he hits a home run and he walks or he runs around the bases holding that flag. And that's the thing that really kind of, you know, I know sometimes we can all get down and there's going to be moments where mentally we're just struggling a little bit. But when I get to that place, I just keep thinking about that first game back at Wrigley when fans are allowed. And I don't know when it's going to be, I you know, Hope, hope it's sooner rather than later, but when it happens and I see Rizzo kind of jump out of the dugout for that first time when when it's about to start, I mean, it's going to be magical, and that's the thing that kind of keeps me going a little bit.
2: Well, if this thing goes two years, it'll be a completely different team, and the core will be lost.
3: <laughs> Maybe so, it'll be Ian Happ leading the charge.
2: Uh, Ian Happ at first base. Oh, God. <laughs> and from his new podcast. Uh, so, yeah. Um, TFC. But, yeah, TFC. Yeah, I do I do have one. I got to go back to it. Now, now I kind of have to go back. I mean, some of you guys who have um, listened to this show a long time might remember 2016, the year that the Cubs won the World Series, and there, it was a song called, and I don't know if you heard it, Crawley, Chicago Series the- Fever. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was written, not by me. I mean, I, I helped craft it. You know, I wrote all the music to it, and I uh, played it. But um, uh, it was written by this guy Frederick Wade, and Frederick Wade, I don't, I don't even remember how he got in touch with me, but you know, through this and shit. But like, he, he's a, a uh, I want to be delicate here, <laughs> even though, uh, no, he, I don't. I want to say the right word. He's, he's kind of. Um, the conspiracy theory guy ish, and I didn't find a that
3: conspiracy out. Conspiracy theory,
2: yeah. I mean, he had really religious leanings towards his belief in the Cubs year, and he was right. Okay, so 2016, he was like, "I'm," you know, th- "this is destined to be. This is a a magical moment that's from God," and like he would say these God things about the Cubs and how it all worked together with heaven and hell and all this shit, right? Right. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I just kind of ignored it. I was like, he paid me like 200 bucks to work on his fucking song, right? Which is, you know, I was just fine with it. It's not that much money, but for the amount of work it took, because, you know, sometimes you quote somebody a price and then they come back to you with like 93 emails, (laughs) you know, and you're like, whoa, 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 we're going to have to renegotiate it. If you're now like riding an extra bridge. So anyway, right. um, that, that was the situation. We had lots of long phone conversations in which I was kind of mesmerized by his mania for the Cubs, but his mania ran deeper. So just today, I got an email from this man who I haven't heard from in a long, long time. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes I get some of his forwards that he sends to people like Greg and Doug and another Greg and a guy named Red um, as well. But there's a bunch of us on this list. In fact, there's 75 people on this list, which I'm sure is a magical number <laughs> if you know Frederick Wade. So if that is his real name. So here's the email he sent me. A third grader could understand the correlation from the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu to the twenty twenty coronavirus or COVID nineteen or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation plandemic in all caps, as documented by this musty video. And then there's a emoji of a video, a sleeping emoji, a monkey, a masked emoji, a bomb, I believe that's a serpent. And another serpent. <laughs> so, so that's where we are in emoji. So I I'll go on. If you desire to remain, quote unquote, a zombie fied brain dead sheeple, all caps, unquote, headed to the all quotes, I mean all caps, government Kool-Aid stand to uh, that he just got off the uh qu- the all caps to willingly drink... I, I won't do the all caps thing anymore. It's boring. I'll just go. Government Kool-Aid stand to willingly drink your mandatory Bill Gates Foundation vaccine patent number two o two o six o six o six parentheses 666. It's in there. Then do not watch this mandatory video to protect you and your family members. This video is mandatory if you desire to know the truth all, let me repeat that, all participants mentioned in this video are complicit and in on it. Gates, Rockefeller, Trump, Burks, Fauci, Media, Congress, Governor, CFR, whoever the fuck that is, WHO, UN, all nations. <laughs> you could have just said all nations because that <laughs> that's everybody. That's Super- quite the conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Supreme Court, Wall Street, bankers, major co- corporations, especially Big Pharma, 5 and 6 G corporations, military leaders, CIA, FEMA, Homeland Security, etc. Please consider educating your friends and family or not. That one is on you because you have been given the 100% absolute unconditional truth. What you do with it is on you. I am throwing in a bonus video for you to prove the point and drive it home. Lot of love from little Ricky, and if anyone on this list is not truly born again by the blood of Yahshua Hamashe according to John three, please do not please do so immediately. Feel free to call me at any time to cross that one off your bucket list now. Then there's a bunch of emojis with a glass of wine, a book, a fish, trumpet, heart, triangle. Tinfoil hat? Yeah. <laughs> No, he didn't have the one in there. I don't. He should. Um, time has been fulfilled, and then there's the links to the video, which uh, I'm not gonna play, but I will look at later. I mean, should I play it?
3: Oh God, no. You know what? There's so much disinformation going on right now. Yeah, do I and...
2: need to like including this email? But anyway, that's what my um, non-award-winning song from 2016. Uh, in the year that the Cubs won the World Series uh, uh, That that guy wrote it And that's um, On Spotify You can give it a listen It's called uh, Chicago Series Fever It will not be the song that ends this show
3: <laughs> I got a TFC Yeah uh, It's uh, Paul Sullivan was writing Trump's Sports Advisory Committee Is missing two important Voices, athletes And health experts Hmm. And John Greenberg replied It's got one of these two thought leaders though And it's a picture of Todd Ricketts And Ronnie Woo Woo (laughs) And then
2: So which one's the guy that Trump picked Because I could really see either of them going in there
3: (laughs) And then Tom Cooper Coop at Coop NBCS Says When are our tyrannical leaders Going to allow all bike shops to reopen Which I thought was a good follow up (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Todd likes to ride the bike.
3: So I thought it could kind of went in with your uh, theme of of the uh, you know the conspiracy theory to keep everything closed.
2: It, I mean, it, it does. I mean, but you know, it's just, I, it's just such a non-starter. And I, I actually feel bad for guys like Frederick, who are really just kind of besieged mentally by these obsessive thoughts and yeah. uh, i mean i know a lot of people have theories about what we should do and there are actually some some theories that i disagree with that actually would work like herd immunity or something like you know right a lot right. of people will die but you know yeah that it would work <laughs> you know it's, but
3: it's uh it's been it's Trying to kind of keep an even keel right now that I think, honestly, that's why I always people always ask me, you know, because I know there's a lot of Twitter Cubs groups out there. Why I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on Club 400, the Ranters and a couple, but I don't join a lot of them because all of a sudden it starts kind of getting into weird stuff. And that's why I like Twitter is I can choose who I can follow and I can mute certain words, but all this crazy stuff going on, like, you know, the 5G is causing COVID. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they're literally burning down cell towers. It's like I can't I can't <laughs> I can't <laughs> it's just about where, that's about where I'm at right now. I just can't do this. I can't I can't sit here and try to have conversations with people trying to explain that throughout history this has happened. Yeah. It'll happen again in the future mm-hmm. at some point in time and it's not any conspiracy, it's not any mm-hmm. internet, it's not any anything. It it is again as as this is not going to be the last time that there's going to be some sort of virus that makes a jump from animal to human. That's going to cause a pandemic. It'll happen again. And, and I think sometimes people have a hard time accepting those things.
2: I don't know if you ever read guns, germs and steel. Um, but it's a, that's a decent book that kind of talks about how the humanity and society was shaped by war. Um, which is the steel part, uh, and the guns part? Oh no, no, the guns part is the war part. The germs is the pandemic part, and uh, steel, which is you know, basically, industrialization. yeah, industrialization. So, and that's been happening like even from the first time a you know Neanderthal even made a tool, um, right? So, <clears throat> you know, we, we have a long history. I, I, you know, I know Nicole, my girlfriend, was saying. Man, I really, I knew this would, you know, could happen. I knew it had happened. Just really hoping that my lifetime would just avoid this shit because some people did. You're born 1920. Die last year. You lived a really long-ass life, um, given current life expectancies. But you would never had to face the pandemic. <laughs> so... I mean, or they headed it off at the pass early enough, but right, right. But you live through a lot of other shit, so we're humans. We're living through some shit. Um, you know, I'm sorry if this was a bullshit podcast that wasn't about the Cubs, and that we weren't going to sit here and speculate about any possible season because I don't know. We've just been t- talking about that for a month, and
3: nobody knows that. That's that's your real answer right there. Yeah, yeah, I, t- <laughs> I talked
2: I talked to a Chicago Cub today and he doesn't know. So like we're we're fine, you know, right. We're not fine, but we're we're fine in that we, we don't have to talk about that. So if, if you shut this one off, well, then you're not listening to my voice. If you kept us on, well, thanks for keeping us on for whenever you picked up this show. Um, uh, we've been going for, you know, well, well, the second longest of anybody right now, (laughs) except for, of course, IVMV, which is soon to, uh, be the uh, second longest running Cubs podcast. But anyway, thanks for sticking us, uh, sticking with us all these years. And I don't know what, I guess we'll keep recording. Michael will be in his Cubs church next time we talk, Um, you know, stay safe, everybody, you know, wear a fucking mask to protect me. <laughs> um, Crawley. Thanks for, you know, being you and, i don't know this is so awkward this part no, is awkward. no
3: it's 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 good you did a great job and like i said i hopefully like i said this this you know we're doing a lot of collective thinking out loud you know what i mean sometimes the thoughts that we say are thoughts that other people have and that's why people connect to it is because on some level they're kind of going through the same things and hopefully this kind of lets you know that you're not alone through this that we're all kind of going through some shit, but we got each other, and as long as we got that, we're going to be all right.
2: Yeah. We got a a good little family going on, so uh, let's keep it going, and, you know, Spagog. (laughs) Spagog.
3: Spagog.
1: My father and his father. Brought my baby boy to Wrigley Field. For family
2: generations,
1: in the place where we come to be healed, we've screamed a million cheers and cried a million tears. But we'd come back together For another hundred years Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday Remember Billy Williams Ron Santo Fergie and Ernie Banks Wright Sandberg Andre Dawson Kerry Wood and Derek Lee We Cup fans give you thanks Baseball in Chicago From Merulo to Rizzo My great-grandpa in 45 Cheered on Andy path go Hey, Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday We'll hold each other tight Weeping for the Cub fans Who've gone into the light Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday My father and his father Brought my baby boy to Wrigley Field To teach him about the cubbies And the family love that he will always feel One amazing day When the Cubs go all the way We'll all be together Even if we've passed away Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday Grandpa, let's win it all We will someday